0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Good evening. Welcome. This is A Minor Detail. You're here with Eric Beasley and yours truly. Uh, you can find us on the web at com, and you can listen on blogtalkradio.com backslash a minor detail every Sunday night at nine o'clock or when Eric and I are in the mood to inform our audience of what's happening in the state of maryland and elsewhere tonight we have a pretty solid lineup eric and i are the first exclusive interview with katie from what is it what is it eric katie from fcps
0: yeah hashtag katie from fcps
1: okay so we have katie nash our good friend uh from frederick she'll join us at about 905 she's going to call into the show To discuss that, yes, that now indelible tweet that ultimately ended her employment with Frederick County Public Schools. We're going to talk about the hysterical reaction from the school system. We're going to let Katie walk us through the narrative. We'll ask questions and guide the conversation, but this is just one hell of a story. And Katie is going to be here to tell it on the show. It'll be interesting to... Don't learn about what happened. I saw this thing was blowing up yesterday on my social media when I read it in the Frederick News post. And like when I when I first read the tweet and when it made news, I thought it was hilarious, Eric.
0: Absolutely. I thought it was I I thought it was great. I mean, that's that is the sort of attitude that we need more of, not this, uh, you know, this precious snowflake like. You know, oh, don't be mean. Like, then they might, you know, the kids might be sad. Like, no, none of that. Like, this is, I mean, you know, I, I've told the story. Okay, so back in my day, when I was much, much younger, um, I had a mm-hmm. seventh grade math teacher that I didn't get along with very well. Um, <laughs> yeah. I thought that she she looked like, she looked like a legitimate, like, like the Wicked Witch of the West, and she graded oh. like one. And so wow. I remember um, I had told a friend of mine, uh, one of my Magic the Gathering friends, I was telling her about this teacher. Unbeknownst to me, this friend of mine had her as a teacher three years earlier. So she went and told my math teacher. And my math teacher waited until Halloween, dressed up as a witch, and then looked at me and said, is this better, Eric? And mm-hmm. I was I was embarrassed beyond recognition. And then so for Christmas, I got her a broom. And I went back to her classroom almost seven years later and the broom was still hanging in her classroom. Well let's just say I, I after that I did really good in the class because I was I had, a,
1: I had a seventh grade algebra teacher named Mrs. Falders and she was at Springfield Middle School at the time and she didn't like me. I don't think she liked me, but no surprise. Uh I wasn't I wasn't the best math student. Uh at <laughs> I struggled with algebra. It's hard. Uh at least I think so and she uh she was not very patient with me and and I used to to have run-ins with her yes even in seventh grade I think in seventh grade uh well Josh is in seventh grade and uh he is 13 so I guess I was around 12 13 at the time so you know I was like a know-it-all kid and I look back I haven't seen this teacher in years but I would love to go back and See if I still remember how to do these algebraic formulas. I probably I don't. That's the truth. I really don't remember how to do algebra whatsoever.
0: Well, and you're not going to learn them
1: again because you know Common Core. Like when you're going through that uh, homework. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have. I'm I'm definitely not going to be able to help Josh with his math homework as he becomes much more advanced. Hell, he probably already is much more advanced. I could talk to you about finance, and I could talk to you about maybe slightly a little bit about counting, um, <laughs> limitedly, but. I, I think I uh, the math that they teach is like way beyond me, but who knows? Maybe I'll learn someday. So, um, yeah, yeah. once Katie comes on the show, we're also going to talk about, um, after we, we finish up with Katie, whenever that might be, who knows? We could go the, whole, the entire show's duration. Um, talking to Katie Nash, there's a lot to talk about, but there's always stuff going on in Washington County, Eric, and there's always stuff going on in Brunswick, and being that we predominantly cover those two areas – um, there is things to talk about with Brunswick, <laughs> um, and then yeah, and then there's another issue going on. There was a oh, okay, we have Katie Nash joining us. So is this Katie from Frederick County?
2: Well, it so is, guys. It so is. <laughs> Katie, this is thanks for coming on to
1: your you. first. Yeah, this is your first time on our show. And we have the exclusive interview, as we mentioned earlier. Katie, I'm so glad to, <laughs> so glad to hear from you. You're so chipper these days.
2: Well, I, I'm I'm glad to be here. I got to tell you, I'm a little I'm a little embarrassed. So keep keep taking no. the keep taking the keep taking the I don't want to say shots, but you know it's like uh never never did I really imagine that this would go the way it's gone, but but here we are.
1: So let's start out from the very beginning of what happened, and we'll let you just walk us through day by day the process and where this all started. So, Katie, the first thing that happened was is that it was, I guess, an inclement weather day, and you had just been recently hired by Frederick County Public Schools. What was the official title that you were hired under?
3: So
2: I was hired under the Web Services Coordinator position, and basically the week of Thanksgiving was my first week. So you can imagine, you know, with the holidays and everything, you know, it took some time to get up to speed. But but my, my role there, I managed the social media accounts. I managed – we have an, you know, employee newsletter. I did some of the reporting. Like I'd go out to schools and, you know, write some of the stories that would, you know, be fed into the FTPF system and the Find Out First system. Um, and, and pretty much just, uh, you know – the things that the things that our communications team would churn out, that was my job to make sure it got posted to social media. Um right. so when you, and, and also just a small thing, you know, it seems like a small thing, but I also was sort of like a liaison, all of the schools in the county, all of their websites would then liaison back to me and then, you know, if they needed help making updates or, or whatnot, I, I did that as well. So sort of a you know, different hodgepodge of different things and, and that was the, that's the position.
1: Incidentally, Katie, what what many people may not know about you is that you spent um, a, a large par- portion of your career starting out in state government. You worked for several state delegates and uh, as well as senators, um, chief of staff, legislative aide assistant. You know, you were you were all over Annapolis and are very respected, it's, and it's not unlike that this position was alien to you. you. You had to communicate with some very important people throughout the state of Maryland. So, you know, to sort of dispel any criticism that you not know what you were doing, you have the background to do this job and be effective at it.
2: Yeah, I'm glad you bring that up. So there's been some question as to why would I, why would I reveal who I was? Like, why didn't I stay anonymous? And something I learned in Annapolis was when folks felt like they were writing in to a legislator and they were getting a canned response or a robot-like response, you know, it automatically turned up their, you know, government doesn't care about me and neither does my legislator. And so you learn very quickly to connect with people and say, hey, you know, that's a horrible thing that's happened to you. My name is Katie. I work here. I'm interested in what's going on with you. And so, you know, appropriate or not appropriate, and I think, you know, we can talk about that, but that's, the, that's sort of the mentality that I brought. The position is, you know, I think that all too often in social media, folks get sort of this feeling that, you know, oh, we're, we're, not, we're not humans and we're impersonal. And I felt like in my position at FCPS, trying to make it as personal as possible was actually, you know, my way of providing customer service.
0: Hey, Katie, um, when you came on, was, what was the, uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about, like, basically policies and procedures, and I'm a, I'm a big policies and procedures guy, it's a, it's a central yeah, part of my yeah. job. What sort of policies and procedures did, were you given, basically, on how to manage your, uh, how to manage the FCPS social media presence, um, how, to, how to interact with students? Were you, it, if there was any, what were you given?
2: So it's interesting because I'm new to the system and feel that maybe it would be different if the circumstances had been different and how I how I was hired. So, so just kind to walk that back a little bit. I was hired the week before Thanksgiving. Uh, they had set an orientation date for me in January, but I, or excuse me, in December. But I missed that because we were going through the whole data breach, you know, thing incident and or you know a range of incidents and. in the communications team, we were really busy responding to emails and I was getting, you know, inquiries on Facebook and Twitter and things like that. So I did not, the orientation date didn't work for me and so I I had to ask for it to be rescheduled. So I don't know if that's why, but I honestly didn't receive any guidelines or um, even like an employee handbook or anything. There might have been one online and I just never knew where it was. So I'm trying to, I'm trying not to be too like oh I just didn't I didn't get anything but honestly I didn't I didn't receive anything so I'm trying to be as as like open and transparent about that because it could be that I just kind of came in at the wrong time and maybe you know maybe that's why but I can tell you that I had a conversation with my boss my boss was the communications director Michael Dore and we had a conversation laying down you know welcome and you know be sure and you know be ethical and he gave me kind of a I think it might have been like a page of like you know, these are things that um, I want to say it was like, you know, don't use this, um, you know, don't be inappropriate, like don't use like profanity and things like that, um, you know, kind of like the basic thing that you would expect. Yeah. And, I mean, the,
0: the, the essentials of, of PR communication when it's an yeah. open platform. Yeah.
2: yeah, and honestly, I can't remember too much of it because it was so basic, and I don't mean to, I don't want to belittle that, but I. it was kind of like we're going through, the motion of you being you know you now having these you know the, the Facebook and Twitter access for for the um you know for the whole system but but never never once did they say you know don't don't engage with students or don't you know be careful, and this is what you know you should look out for or anything like that. It was more like a basic like you know dos and don'ts that you might expect from your employer in terms of what not to do and what to do
0: okay so so let's uh, so, so we've got, we've got like the background. So you, you, you've come in, you've assumed, you assume Supreme PR control of the <laughs> social media accounts. Um, so like I
2: said, so the, so the holidays happened and, you know, and that it was kind of like, it, that's a rough time because I wasn't, I wasn't really quite. If you, so if you look, if you look at our Facebook and you look at our Twitter, you'll see there was some engagement and, you know, there's me posting happy holidays. And I went out to the ESSL, which is our earth space and science lab. And I took some pictures of, you know, the, the iguana wearing the Santa hat and everything because, you know, at that time like everybody's kind of, okay, peace out, we're going to, you know, the school system's going to shut down for two weeks. And so then we came into January and we had, you know, we were getting um, and, and let me just back up a little bit. There, there's sort of this misconception that like all of a sudden I started like responding to students. If you look at our Twitter account, like they, when when folks were responding were, were tweeting at us, I was responding. Now I wasn't maybe as as witty, so it didn't get picked up and didn't go viral. But certainly, like, we had a student, for example, who wrote in to us because she was concerned that there were trees being cut down at Catacan High School. And so, you know, I'm going back and forth with her all day about why those trees are being cut down and getting answers from the administrators and things like that. Um, So it wasn't like a new phenomenon. It was just that that was the first one that got, you know, a lot of attention, that tweet, that infamous tweet that now everybody's talking about. But so... I would say that you know we would always we started. I guess I looked back and like you know snow days are a big topic of conversation for students and you know I'll be honest that and I've I've kind of laughed about this but you know I'm I'm 34 so the concept of having a cell phone in school and being able to like openly tweet at your administrators and teachers and, and FCPS personnel during class time is like a whole new phenomenon for me. So um, you know well, I've been joking look, look, about.
0: Twitter wasn't around when Ryan and I were in school, so we're, we're know, with you now. Right, no, they, uh, right it, I know. It literally didn't it's,
2: exist. It's, 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 it's very different. And so, like, you know, you're kind of like, and I and I would joke with the students, and I'd say, like, oh, go back to class, you know, and, and, and that would be, that was, that's all, and, and the great thing about this, and one of the saving things about this and, and being a process person, too, is that all of this is public. Like, you can look at our Twitter account, and all of it is, I mean, unless there have been other deletes, which I don't think there were, you can, like, backtrack and see, like, you know, the conversations and the the back and forth that I was having with the students. So um, that was, that all, like, occurred, and then the thing that got everybody's attention is that, you know, we had some students tweeting at us, it was, I believe it was a Thursday, oh, we don't want to go to school, you know, I think that we were calling for some snow that night, it was, like, the first time that we were calling for snow, and they were, like, all getting excited, and they're, like, oh, you know, we don't want to go to school, and please cancel school, and it's going to be awful, and so... That's when I tweeted back at Nathan, just joking around.
1: Yeah, the it looks like the tweet um, heard around the world that started the revolution um, <laughs> was by Nathan at Ligandor Rocket, and he wrote, "Close school tomorrow," spelled T A M M A R O W, in all caps, please. And then you responded back from the SCPs dash md the at fcps maryland twitter account the official twitter account for frederick county public schools you wrote but then how would we learn how to spell tomorrow now when this first tweet began to build buzz and and then it elevated to a news story and i first saw it on my hometown's um, local television station WHAG, i literally laughed out loud because i thought (laughs) not only is it a little bit edgy and snarky but it's funny and this is how kids relate to and I'm sure you know it I'm looking at the tweet um and it you know it has thousands of likes and thousands of re- retweets but Katie here's the question when this first happened and when you made the tweet when when it was first discovered was there a conversation by any of your bosses or uh, administrative heads and say where they would come in and say, Katie, um, what happened? You know, what's the situation here? Did you have any sort of conversation with them?
2: So Thursday, and I'd have to look at the time stamp on that, because I can't remember. It was Thursday during the day that it happened. And yeah. as soon as, you know, when you're when you're in this, and, and if you pay attention to social media, you can tell when something is buzzing. And so sure. as soon as, you know, it posted and then, and again, I didn't think that this was going to be as big because I had <laughs> been responding to students and I'm not, I, I have a tiny little bit of snark in my, in my, in my blood. So I, I had, you know, responded in other, you know, maybe not similar fashions, but like, you know, I was, cause they're high schoolers and they're, they're saying things to you like, Oh, you know, you're ruining my life. Why aren't we, you know, why aren't we canceled? And they're joking around. I and mean, you know, you know, it's just like it's a very informal place, right? And you, and we can talk sure. about, you know, whether or not it's appropriate or whatnot. But that's that's just how it is. So so when it when it started to buzz, I literally ran upstairs. So in FCPs, the communications department is broke into two different floors, and I was sitting on the the first floor, was like where the media folks are, and mm-hmm. my boss is sitting on the second floor. And I literally ran. I mean, I was like, I was like, I could not, and I'm kind of embarrassed about this, but, you know, we have like, it's only one flight of stairs. And I was like, huffing, you know, like I was like, oh my gosh. Like, because because being new, I was like worried about, you know, I'm like, okay, like this is going to be a little bit bigger than we're used to. But again, my whole thought process was, this is what I'm supposed to do. Like I'm supposed to build engagement. I'm supposed to build a following. This is what's supposed to happen. So I was concerned because I was thinking, okay, are we ready if this does go big? And so I ran upstairs and I told my boss, the communications director, I said, look, I said, this is this is going. I said, and, I, and the, the, um, I had seen that the FMP reporter had shared it, like he had retweeted it. And I said, mm-hmm. you know, Jeremy, Jeremy, who's our local FMP education reporter, I said, Jeremy retweeted it. And he said, okay. And I was like, okay. So I went back downstairs, and that was Thursday afternoon. Um, so I think, I think people need to understand the timeline because, you know, really it hadn't gotten that big yet. Uh, and then you figure Thursday evening we rolled into, you know, like everything. I believe everything was canceled that night from FCPS. I think we got some snow right. that night. Right. And so that's when, you know, we had a lot of students, because they saw that initial tweet like it was getting some buzz, Students started writing in, and so I'm tweeting back at them. And this is like nine o'clock at night. I mean, my you yeah. know my the, my kids went down. I don't even know. I mean, I guess I guess my, I guess their father put them down. I don't know, but <laughs> like I, it was so. I took a picture because they were all excited. I remember that they were all excited because it was snowing, because you know kids and snow, like, and it was the first snow, and everybody's you know trying to get them to bed, and they're all excited. They're thinking we're not going to have school on Friday. Um, you know, just all that excitement. And high schoolers are tweeting at me, tweeting at me, tweeting at me, and I'm and I'm right back. You know. And at some point, and this is another point of controversy um, that I want to bring up, at some point, you know, somebody has said, like, who, who's running this account or something to that effect? Like somebody said, and I felt like rather than just give some generic response, I felt like it was important for people to see that I was a person and that I'm not like ragging on them as like some <laughs> yeah. like older person. Like I'm joking with them, you know, like I wanted to mm-hmm. establish that like I'm not trying sure. to like really dog you out. So
3: you're, so you're not a complaining.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm not you know, I'm you know, I'm messing around. And I try to keep it like as light as possible. Like I would say things like, Oh yeah, I mess up all the time and as soon as I saw like, you know, anybody say anything bad about the student, Nathan you know, I rushed to his defense because he was so awesome about it. I mean, he was just—he had a great yeah. sense of humor. So, you know, it, and that—that that happened, um, you know, you know, all night. I mean, I was tweeting late, and it finally, I think it was like nine thirty or ten o'clock. I'm like, okay, bedtime, guys. You know, go to bed, do your homework, and get up for school tomorrow. Cause you're <laughs> going to be having school, you know, like. And they were—they loved it. They loved it. You know, I'm like—I'm like the mom they've never had, right? So, um, right. but I, yeah, but I bring that up because <laughs> that is what. Um that's really I think what caused a lot of the commotion internally because yeah. the fact that I I think the fact that like I became quote unquote popular with a bunch of high schoolers, I think that upset some of our power elites here in in Frederick, um in the school system. So So
1: just to just to iterate some of the issues that you've 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 brought up on the show um the student nathan responded to fcps maryland and as you said earlier on january the 6th he wrote on his twitter account um i thought it was funny i didn't take it personally and that's cool um and now that you're so your job as a social as someone who predominantly operates social media is to bring to life these social media accounts in creative ways that's that's what social media managers are hired to do to use their skill set and to put into the tweets a little bit of their personality otherwise you're going to have a very stale account and you did that and then the school system decided after that you were you know that you were humanized that a bunch of high schoolers and other people on Twitter um, had come out and, and uh, I guess, um, responded to the tweet. Katie, that's at the that's at the point where the school system said, "Oh no, this is a problem." So, let me ask you this: Did you receive any backlash from people that weren't students? Did you did you receive people? Writing into the school system to say, "Hey, this is not okay. I don't like what she said. It was mean."
2: So, so I, I'm glad that you bring that up, Ryan, because I think it's really important that we're honest about what you know, so that so folks can see you know both sides. Because there was so there, I didn't receive any email either through my personal account, which I had published as much as I could, or also. I was on, you know, being part of the communications team, I was on the FCPS at FCPS.org, and I didn't see anything. Now, maybe, maybe I missed it, but I didn't see anything come through. We did have, I saw there was a post on our Facebook page that got some attention, bullying, and I had replied and said, and this was like two, you know, maybe the day or, or so before, it was recent, and I had replied hmm. that I really, I was interested in having the conversation about bullying, and this wasn't related to the tweet. Um, she she had posted uh, a YouTube video of, I want to say it was like a music video, and it had some reasonably, some, some lyrics that I think could be offensive in some circles, and I actually got it cleared before I let her keep that on because while it wasn't offensive to me, I wanted to make sure that again, being a new employee, you know, just double checking, and I was told you know, Michael says it's okay, keep it keep it there because she has good intent, and I think that was the right caught I mean, she was trying to make a point about you know, like we need to do more education about bullying, uh, and I share all that because I wrote back to her, and then she replied back to my response, and she said, you know, really, you take this seriously. I saw your, I saw your tweet, and that cyberbullying, and she, I would say, was the, you know, she was very. I think it was very heartfelt, and I think she really, she really was upset about about it. Um, I, I think the the system may have deleted her, was her set minded and. Just to make sure, you know, like I wanted to make sure that my response was appropriate and everything. And I, I think they may have deleted it, but but folks should check on that. I don't I don't remember. But hers, I think, was the most, you know, it's heartfelt, and I I think that she put a lot of thought into her response, and I think that she was mm-hmm. legitimately upset because she felt like we weren't taking bullying seriously.
1: Sure. Well, that's fair. I mean, Maybe our, I, our, you yeah. Know, yeah. Oh, go ahead, right? Go ahead, Eric. Uh, no, go uh,
0: you're. Um, Sorry, this happens sometimes, Katie, because we're, uh, we're, uh, we're 50 miles away from each other. Um, so <laughs> did, did you feel like, like w- when I read the tweet, I thought that it was funny and lighthearted. And, I mean, it's, that, that's something that I, I plan on saying to my kids when they're a few years older, um, <laughs> when, they, when they do stuff like that. Um, and do you, I mean, do you think that it was bullying? Like, what was your intention behind the, the tweet itself?
2: So 100%, I would never ever do anything to hurt a student, and I think I think that my I think I'm, I'm very lucky and blessed in that I've kind of established myself in Frederick County as being an advocate for students, and I have I have little ones of my own, so that you know I'm not just somebody who walked down to the street and said oh I'm gonna you know be have some fun. I think people. People, enough people know that I'm, I'm sincere about, you know, doing things for our kids and, and making a better community for our kids. So, and 100%, like, as soon as someone, and I can't remember who, I think it was Cliff Cumber, you know, Cliff Cumber was making some comments that I should apologize, and right away I did. Like, there wasn't even, like, if, if there was any negativity at all on, on the part of the student or even someone who was thinking, you know, maybe I meant it some other intention or whatever, you know, I, I have no problem saying absolutely not and I never meant any offense, I do think, I think there's some merit to the conversation about whether or not you know, there, was, there was concern that because I was writing as a bullying because it's a large organization and it was talking to a student. But then I also see the side, and this is probably where I come down, if you have an online account, like if you have a social media account, and you post, I think it's important for our students to know that that post is a public post. And we seem to have this attitude like, oh, well, we need to, you know, we need to protect them. And, you know, there's a reason that I don't let my children, so my children are admittedly a lot younger, but there's a reason that they don't have their own Twitter account because they're not old enough yet to police themselves and to be able to, you know, let me know, hey, mom, I didn't feel comfortable about this tweet that I got back, you know. So I think there's an important conversation that we need to have about that because, you know, if if it if it's not me, and maybe it shouldn't have been the school system, and I think that's a very appropriate conversation to have, but it could be somebody else. So we have to we have to have a real like eyes wide open thing about this because, you know, it, once you're out there, you're out there, you know. And I feel there's some there's some like folks that are saying, oh, well, you know, you know, he didn't deserve it. Well, you know. First of all, I don't. I don't think that he was, and I don't think that he thinks that. That's the thing. I mean, nobody. There was no victim here because he didn't feel as a victim. In order to be a victim, you have to feel like you're, you're a victim. So, um, I think there was some, some kind of trumped up stuff about you know, oh, you know, poor Nathan. And, and if anything, Nathan handled this absolutely like I would want my own kids to handle it.
0: Yeah, absolutely, right. Katie. Look, when 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 Zayn starts misspelling words, I want you to say this exact same thing to him. Like I'd be okay with that. <laughs> um,
2: yeah,
0: like, you know.
1: If, like just for the record, if, Kate, Katie, if if Pedro Josh would do the same thing, um, not only would I want you to correct their spelling, but I would I would want you to gently prod them to to learn the correct spelling quickly. Um, but you know, it was it was such an in- innocuous tweet that I thought was funny, and I thought that it was it was edgy, it was educational, and. God forbid that the tweet generate any buzz, and that God forbid you actually do the job that you were hired and intended to do. In that, people don't traditionally like to fo- look. People don't like to traditionally follow uh, these school system accounts because they're stale, they're boring, and it's you know they're run by people who don't understand how social media operates in 2017. And what people fail to realize. And, of course, you don't, is that in order to gain followers, you have to have people interested in the following. And when do people most likely follow the school system's social media or Twitter accounts? Oh, gee, in the wintertime when there's bad weather oh. and when you're updating students on when, you know, whether or not they're going to be delayed to coming to school or not show up to school at all. And I just want to say this for people who are listening. I've known Katie for a long time. And not only do I know Katie's character, and I know you know all a, a lot more about her than maybe people who are listening in that she's a wonderful person. She's someone with intense integrity and someone you know that I admire and respect, and I you know I, you know for anybody that would be criticizing Katie's character that there's some sort of lapse here. It's just not true, and it's wrong, and that that's a very unfair presumption to make based on something that she did that she was hired to do. So, I, I, you know, and and look, Katie, the next step that the real controversy comes in is that, um, last week, um, late last week, you were called into your boss's office, and they sacked you. So let's talk about that and what happened.
2: Yeah, so so it's interesting because it's kind of a lesson. It's it, it's been it, it's everything what not to do, I guess you know. So you you watch on <laughs> yeah. Friday, and this is this is two. This is so let's go back to, to the. To ask, I'm asked to delete the tweet, which I do. That was Friday, uh, and then there was a WHAG, which is our local affiliate. You know, sort of. Um, mm-hmm. I guess we're out of they did a story about how my Twitter privileges have been removed, and um, you know it was basically, it was basically a very short story about how the tweet, the tweet had been deleted, and my Twitter privileges had been removed, which was not the conversation that I had. had. And so immediately on Friday afternoon, I'm thinking like and this was probably the story came out at like five or six, it was after hours, and I'm thinking oh, like, I'm going to be fired because that was different than what, you know, clearly there's been an escalation. Like, we, you know, after being told to, you know, not tweet anymore and to remove the, delete the tweets, like, I'm thinking, okay, like, clearly something has changed because now I'm being, you know, now I'm reading in the paper and I'm thinking, well, this is kind of, this is kind of rough because why wouldn't someone say something to me? So on Monday when I came in and, again, thinking, oh, all weekend, I'm like, okay, I'm going to be fired. On weekend, on Monday, excuse me. The, my boss, Michael, told me that no, that story was inaccurate. He, he said, I don't know where that came from, and you know everything. You know everything's fine, and that was that was it. And that and so and then if you look at the press accounts on Tuesday, there was a whole other round of press here in the FNP about you know deleting. It was the, the kind of the same story about the the tweet being deleted. The FNP said, Oh no, she still has. You know, she still has you know, Twitter privileges, but she's been told not to tweet, But you got to tell you, it's a very awkward position to be in because, you know, you manage the social media, and so if you look at our account, you can see, like, I posted, you yeah. know, like, calendar updates and things that were coming out of Find Out First that had been approved by Michael. So anything that – in Find Out First is, like our, um, like, our email system that we use to sort of, like, email all of our – you know, if you have to opt into it, like, you can opt in and the tool that we use and – and so, if it mm-hmm. if it had been approved, if it, it had been approved to go through that, then I was like, okay, this is okay. So very like very dry, just posts about you know schedule updates and delay information and things like that. So, but again, it's awkward because you don't know. Okay, like clearly, I knew that I wasn't supposed to be engaging with students, before, so I did not do any of that. Um, but I kind of expected there to be a follow up conversation at any time that week. And every day that went by that we didn't have a follow-up conversation, I was thinking, okay, this could be bad. But another important thing is, is on Monday, we had a budget conversation or, or budget forum, excuse me. It was a public forum where the superintendent unveiled for budget. And this was Monday night. So this kind of had us all very focused on that event. And, you know, my job, I managed the, you know, we had opportunities for online engagement. So People could watch via a, a webinar. That was my responsibility. We had, we had people could engage in a Twitter chat, also my responsibility. And so I had a very visible public role in, in this event on Monday. And everything went fine. You know, there, was, there were no issues. In fact, you know, you got compliments the board on Monday night and Tuesday. Everything was good. So then when the press came in on Tuesday, you know, other than, other than the comment about meeting training from a board member, which I think, you know, we should talk about. But that's – everything seemed like it was kind of dying down in in terms of, like, not being fired. Um, And so Mm -hmm. there was no follow-up conversation. There was no discussion. It was just, you know, I got the formal invite from the admin on Friday to come in at 2.30. And so, you know, if you bear around, which I'm 34, I have been, on a Friday, you know, at 2.30 with your boss, and that that sometimes can't be good. But I'll tell you, even – like, my coworkers were like, oh, well, it'll just be a counseling. Like, they didn't... N- nobody thought I was actually going to be fired. And I'm like, well, I kind of have a feeling that something's wrong because I haven't had any conversation about anything. So I'm like, this, this is probably not a good thing. So...
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's, that's what happened.
1: So you walked into the... Who's, whose office did you walk into?
2: Uh, my, my, my supervisor,
1: Michael Doerr. Michael Dorr, um, mm-hmm. who I just... Followed on Twitter and who looks like he's like a 25 year old kid, um, and so you
3: you, Ryan, just, you walk don't in. Look his follow,
0: don't look at what accounts he's following because that gets a little
1: uh, gets a little adult in nature. Oh, okay. Well, we'll talk about that. Um, and Katie, you walked in, you sat down, and so what is you know, and and you I know these conversations, okay, because I've been there before, right? And you you know that you kind of. Have it in. It's a gut feeling that something um, uh, ominous is about to happen, and then you sit down. And what does this guy say? How does he begin the conversation with you?
2: Well, there was also uh, somebody who I'd never met, but a representative from HR there as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, sure.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and so and he shut the door, right? So I'm like, oh, ah. I've never had a I've never had a closed door meeting. I don't think since I've been here, but <laughs> so. So I, you know, I kind of, I kind of knew, but, uh, but yeah, so he hands me a letter and mm-hmm. he just says, you, uh, I think it was your employment will not be continued or something to that effect. Um, mm-hmm. I remember, and then they asked me for my, my badge. Uh, and so I handed that over and that was it. And I remember looking down at my phone because I'd never been fired before. So I was like, so I was kind of amazed at how quickly, you know, like, how quickly all that happened? I was kind of like, oh, like that's that's how this is done, so and it it was like it was like four or five minutes, Brian, like it was like that it was just mm-hmm. wham bam, and then you know out the door and which I think, and i didn't I didn't ask any questions or anything because I think i I just knew you know i I knew that I was being fired because of this, and I didn't did they, I, you know i just
1: so after the the words were exchanged and the understanding is that your employment had been terminated. Um, did they have to, did somebody have to walk you or escort you out, out of the building?
2: They did not. Um, I think because I made it pretty clear. I, I had my car key with me. Like I was, Uh I was so certain, (laughs) like I was just like, there was, there was just this feeling that like, I did not want to. I didn't want to put my coworkers in a position where, you know, it's a cubicle environment and I just I wanted mm-hmm. to go quietly and not make it like not make a scene or anything and not make you like, you know, have people feel this need to say something when you really don't there's nothing to say, you know, and, and I didn't want <laughs> yeah. them to feel like, you know, like I'm sorry, you got fired well, I'm sorry too. <laughs> so, uh but, but no, really I, I it's just and, and everybody there just from like a coworker perspective, like I have utmost respect for everybody who I worked with in the sure. communications department. I mean, just really, really great people. Well,
1: um, you know, after that, that had happened, uh, it, it was obviously discovered that your employment was terminated with Frederick County Public Schools, and then something else kind of interesting happened, in that not only did you get press out of it, but I'm reading a website now, at www.thepetitionsite.com and it's called Care 2 Petitions and it looks like it was created and orchestrated by um, someone named Randy S and it's targeting Frederick County Public Schools Superintendent Dr. Terry Albin and it's currently at 2,922 supporters and the goal is 3,000. It looks like they're going to reach that goal. And it's been recently updated, so there's a lot of kids, or I should say, a lot of public school students um, who attend Frederick County Public Schools that are rooting for you. And then, Katie, you know you've made it big in social media world, and you've become pop culture when you developed your own hashtag.
3: So <laughs> let's talk about
1: let's talk about the hashtag. So so
2: I. I can tell you exactly yeah. where that started. I'm not so so that that Thursday night where there was weather, there was a student that created that that hashtag. Uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell you who he is because I don't want to you know be accused of giving him too much too much attention, I guess, but um, but he, if you if you look through Twitter, you can see it again, I love that this is all public because someone someone actually said that I created it, I like definitely not. Uh, you know, and it was, it was funny. I mean, and it, it really started out like the high school students were like, they were just, they thought it was fun. like, they're like, Oh, like, who is this, who is this new social media person? Oh, it's Katie from SDPS Like it was, it was really just like, they were connecting. Um, and so, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like I created my own and like loved myself because again, like, I knew I knew that when this went, when this started to go big, like I knew it was going to be a problem. That you know, if I had a a profile, because I do have a profile in the community, and so it's not like it, it wasn't like I needed the attention, you know. And I needed I needed like oh, like all these students to to like you know support me and and you know have this sort of organic movement created. Like I I really didn't actually need that because I knew that there would be some board members that probably wouldn't look at that favorably. And when you work for a public school system, you do not want you don't want to upset your board, especially in Frederick County. So that was that was really not my <laughs> yeah. intent. Like that was not like really I you know and, and but it was okay because if it meant that the students were connecting with me in that way, then I honestly I didn't I didn't see that as a bad thing. Like I didn't do anything to like like further it. Like I didn't at all engage my personal account. I didn't all. Like I didn't retweet it from FDPS, like you know, Katie from FDPS. I did not do anything that promoted it at all, and that again is verifiable if you look at Twitter.
1: So, would Eric? Yeah, have, I, I
0: can confirm. I've gone on Twitter, and it was not a, uh, it was not Mrs. Nash that started the uh,
3: fiasco.
0: <laughs> so yeah. I can confirm that
2: uh. some other dude that yeah.
0: definitely is not related to you. I can tell you that for that's,
2: sure. That's 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 accurate. Although although very cool, like. That particular student, I, just as an anecdote, like, I, at the time when we were tweeting back and forth, I was sitting at the at the table with my son working on his homework, and I tweeted at him, and I said, we're doing homework, and I sent a picture of him with, you know, my son and I at the table, and I said, are you doing your homework? And he tweeted back, and he said, absolutely, and he sent me a picture of him doing his homework. So, like, just to kind of give an idea of where this can and should go, like, it's You know, I know, I know like high schoolers do a bad rap and trust me, like there were some that were tweeting things at me and I'm like, where is your, where is your mother and how are you tweeting this at me? You know, like, you know, profanity and things like that. But overall, like these students are, they want to have the conversation and it's, it's a really, like they're, they're being respectful and they're saying, like they're reaching out and they're talking about what they're doing at school. And it's just, it's a really cool tool that we could use to engage.
1: Katie, have you heard from any of the school board members in Frederick County since your termination?
2: Not, no, no, not not anything. Um, you know, I, I had last paying very close attention to what folks were saying on Facebook because I was kind of looking to see, you know, where the winds were blowing. Um, I saw a couple members had posted some things about it and... You know, and I and I, I, screenshotted it honestly because I, I just had a feeling. You know, like I, I wanted to be able to document like, this is what happened, and then the political pressure was such that, that that this is this is the result. And you know, it's it's disappointing. I think primarily because it's such, it's so clearly a personnel matter. Um, you know, it, it the, the notion. I mean, we all know that Maryland's not will state and, and folks you know, you can be terminated for any and all reasons and, and I understand that and I also and this is another misconception, like I freely thought that like there would be a conversation about what was appropriate and not appropriate and there would be, you know, maybe like a counseling or there would be even even a discipline <laughs> action. Like I understood, like like S C T is a is a risk averse organization and I figured like okay, they need to show that they've disciplined me. I was expecting that and that didn't, that didn't occur. Nothing even remotely like that occurred.
1: So in this case, or sort of my understanding of how any workplace environment would operate, that you would be given a verbal warning, Katie, this is not something that the school system condones. This is not the direction that we had intended. They offer guidance, and then they work with you to develop how you would move forward in social media, seemingly, right? I mean, wouldn't that be the logical way to proceed and say, okay, Katie, this is not what we really want. Okay, we'll let it slide. We'll let the buzz die down because inevitably, Katie, this story would have gone away within two weeks and it would be a dead story and everybody would forget it by the time March 1st rolls around and you would continue to chug along and... Wouldn't you Wouldn't you think that you would have, as you mentioned, had a counseling session with your immediate boss, but instead I think they caved to maybe the culture of Frederick County Public Schools, political correctness, whatever you want to call it, and then said, okay, immediately we have to go um, to the very end game, and we have to terminate her contract, no counseling, no nothing. And what message, Katie, does that send to – Public school students who say, "If I make a mistake, then it's going to be a- immediate expulsion." And what kind of learning environment does that cultivate?
2: Yeah, I, and I think I think you I think that's a really good point. I think I think it's something I have and I will I will continue to work on saying this because I think it's really important for students to hear is that you know bad things can happen at any time, right? So, like, when you, I think, you know, when you get to be an adult, and it's so easy, I, you know, I know, I'm not, I'm not that old, but I don't remember, like, you know, adults saying, oh, you know, just be careful, and you never know, right? And so I think I think that the message that I really want our students to get from this do happen, and they don't have to be right or wrong, and they don't have to seem like they're fair, and they don't have to seem like, oh, there was no due process. So that's just the way, that's, that's how we live, right? But I really want them to understand that it's how you respond and it's how you conduct yourself publicly, as well as you know, with your inner relationships. I mean, if you look at the support, the support that I've received has been overwhelmingly positive, and I'm I'm very grateful because I didn't expect it. And I will say that the reason that is is because, you know, you've got EPA parents writing in who see me in that in that avenue, like they have seen me there. You've got folks writing in who worked worked with me on homelessness issues. Like and I'm not I'm not saying that to be like oh I'm so great, but I really I really have a pretty like modest opinion of myself, which makes this all that more embarrassing. But I think it's important that people understand that, especially our students who are young and are just like going out to the world now, that situations like this are made a heck of a lot better when you've taken the steps to prepare yourself for things that are that are bad. So when you talk about learning environment, yeah, you would hope that F D S would have a better approach, you know, at their employees, but you know, not yeah. coming from the system and not knowing I don't know if I was just a you know, anomaly or if I was, you know, this is how they normally treat right. people. I've had a lot of people write into me and tell me things, and I'm like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily want to know because there's not a lot I can yeah. do about it. But, but I will say, K- um,
1: yeah. Katie, yeah. I was going to mention that somebody had yeah. recently just called in, and I, I apologize because I was outside yeah, of yeah. The, our, our, sister, our, our administrative backdrop. But someone with a four ten number had just dialed in, and I'd just like to offer this person, if they have a comment to share to uh, with the show, to to please go ahead and announce yourself and talk about what they have to say.
3: Hi, this is Nick from Frederick. Can you hear me?
1: Hello, Nick. Yes. Hey. Hello, Hi, Nick from Frederick. Hey. What's on your mind?
3: Hey. Well, I, I was thinking that the basic problem here is
1: uh,
3: comes down to the root of the low information person. You know, a lot of times people think it's just low-information voters, but honestly, it's, it's people who don't understand the full breadth of the situation, deciding that they need to have an opinion on it and they need to take action on this knee-jerk, they need to take a knee-jerk reaction to their opinion that they formed without any information. Katie obviously did her job very well and established a rapport with the students, so that they do tune into the Twitter account get the information that they need and have fun doing it but somebody sees this tweet, has no idea that the students think this is funny and have you know don't take any offense to it, and decide that oh well, in my opinion, this is cruel and, and mean to the students and without doing any research whatsoever without looking into it without probably even asking you know their own kids, they decided that, oh well, Katie's being mean to the student, which is obviously not true if you look at any of the information past the initial tweet.
2: Yeah. So, and I, I'm yeah. glad that you bring that up because the student's dad actually wrote to me um, and wanted me to know he he wanted me to know that a, like he was not at all offended or upset, and and b he was he was actually thankful for my response. And as a parent, I so appreciated that, and that's probably another reason why, you know, if it seems like I'm not overly distraught, it's because, like, his opinion, his opinion for me mattered way more than anybody. You know, it was like, because I would never want any parent to think that I was hurting their child. And so when he wrote to me and said, that was awesome, anything I can do to help you, that was, that was very powerful. And I think that a lot of the people that were upset had really no direct involvement at all and kind of just use this as a platform, you know, to, to communicate whatever, you know. But I, I won't have any evidence of that, you know, other than that one Facebook post. And I'm, like I said, I'm sure there was some other one-offs here and there, but it wasn't like you we were getting flooded with calls or emails or letters saying, you know, fire Katie or, you know, even that they were that upset about the tweet. So.
0: You know, Katie, it seems to be the exact opposite because there was this, there was this very, like, you know, uh, uh, a small – quiet minority of people who were outraged about it and now that they fired you now it seems like everybody's coming out of the woodwork and i mean i've seen the i've seen an article about this on a the daily mail out of england oh yeah so i mean it seems like the outrage for firing you is actually way worse than the tweet content ever were
2: and and i don't think that the people that were upset and and i this is an assumption but from what i saw like nobody was saying fire her, you know, they were saying this is an appropriate fix it, you know. So again, we didn't even get to that point of having that conversation about yeah. inappropriateness or not. So um, that's what
1: I, that's what's most puzzling to me, Katie, is is the extreme uh the, the, the extreme steps that they had they, they took without counseling you, without giving you guidance, without issuing you a written warning, without at least Preparing you for the few, you know, for uh, how to proceed with um, with the Twitter account. Um, instead, they just fired you. But let me ask you this: Is there any? Uh, have you considered any legal recourse? I know I'm, I assume that it's an at-will employment, and then they can manufacture any reason whatsoever um, to 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 let you go under the law. Um, but is there any recourse here? What 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 have you considered anything?
2: So I know, I know there's an appeal process. I know, you know, there have been some comments about, about, you know, filing some sort of wrongful termination suit. And, you know, I guess the smart thing to do is to say, you know, to preserve options and things like that. I, one of the considerations that I I keep in my head are that a, um, you know, I am a citizen, they're a school system, they have a vast amount of resources and I don't, you know, especially now that I've been terminated Uh, and, and also, you know, any amount of resources that they expend are resources that are coming out of my student, my kid's budget and their school system, right? So, so you know, I know that right. we like to, and it's, high, it's hard, it's hard. It's a catch to my tooth. So I, I don't, I, right now I don't have any plans. I, I think I'd be stupid to not have the conversation at least with some friends of mine that are, who are attorneys and just kind of see what my options are. But, but I don't think, I don't think that I'd, you know, I don't think that that's the important or like the way that I want to kind of be known because I think I think, you know, I don't really want to go back there if, you know, they have this kind of philosophy that they just bring people in and inspire them without having any sort of guidance or conversation about, you know, what to do with them differently or um and it's clearly well, like if they don't want me, I don't want to be there, you know. So
1: the, the buck stops with Dr. Albin and I I I I lay this decision at her feet, I believe that obviously, as the the CEO of the school system, she has the she passes down the dictum to terminate someone, keep them aboard, you know how how to move about. I mean, obviously, she would give your immediate supervisor the whatever flexibility to make that decision. but I, I lay this at her feet. This is her problem. this is her decision, and an effect of terminating your employment. They've created a much bigger problem that will, I think, in, 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 in inevitably haunt them down the road, Katie. Uh, but if, would you accept an apology? Would you accept the job back? What, what would happen um, if they came back and said, we made a huge mistake. We want you back. Would you take it back?
2: Well, you know, I think, I think what would serve us all well, and, I, you know, to tell you the truth, Ryan, I haven't really thought about it. Um, it's kind of just been everything has been such a whirlwind. But okay. I, I would say that they, they could do us all a service, a real, like, I think, a solid is to just take a look at what tools they have and be honest and transparent about how they want parents to engage. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very passionate, and I was very passionate when I interviewed for the job, so it should be no surprise to them that I, you know, firmly believe that we can do more to engage parents and to make it easier for parents to get involved in their school system. And I presented several options to do that and I you know, tried the very short time that I was there, that was what I was working toward. So they need to tell us why. And they need to tell us, you know, what are the rules of engagement? I mean students mm-hmm. are tweeting at our system expecting replies. Then we need to be honest with students and say, look, you're not that's not gonna happen here. Like we're not we're not doing that. And that's that's fine. They can make that decision. But I think they need, as a public, we have a right to ask them. Okay, well, what you know, what are you going to do? And honestly, it is not the school board who is you know they, they set policies, and and we need to clarify like the school board sets policies, and the superintendent and the folks at central office implement those policies. And so yeah. you know maybe you know having that conversation is is something that that's what I would like to see happen out of all of this.
1: Is there an, is an opportunity for citizens and people from the frederick county community and elsewhere could they show up to a board of education meeting on masse and make polite yet direct statements to the board regarding your termination is that something i i mean i'm not saying that you would encourage that or not but is that option of course is available to interested citizens Correct.
2: Yeah. And yeah, that is that is available. And I'm not going to be you know, there's a huge difference between like, you know, doing the rally cry and also informing folks. And so I'm not going to and especially like students. The students have been tweeting at me and they want to know what they can do. And, you know, I'm not in the business of lying to kids, So I'm going to tell them you can write. You can show up. You can email. I mean, because it's important that people know how to advocate. I mean, we take it for granted. You know, you know, you and Ryan, and Eric, we know how to do that kind of thing, but not everybody does. And so I'm sorry if that, that heat is, you know, somehow inconvenient, but they they should understand that, that that's only positive. You know, having people engaged and coming to board meetings is a good thing, and we should want that.
1: Katie Nash, Katie from Frederick. Um, I know it's been a <laughs> whirlwind uh- of a few of a few days, I, I I know that you you've made the school system a better place in your short tenure as um, in your previous role. I'm so sorry that this has happened. I think it's indicative of a PC cultural breakdown, and we could talk all day about that. But that's for an entirely different discussion. You didn't deserve to be fired, Katie. Um, and if that's not what they wanted, then it was incumbent upon the school system to write into policy, written policy, or send you a memo about how you should act accordingly uh, to their policy when using social media. This was their failure, not yours. You used the flexibility that you seemingly thought that they gave you to make a judgment call um, to engage students in something that was so innocent and so innocuous. I'm so sorry that this has happened, but I guess over the course of this event – You have developed um, a very positive following. You've conducted yourself um, nothing but professionally. You've told the truth, and you've been classy about this termination because I know a lot of people wouldn't be able to to do what you're doing, um, and they would have a mentality of, you know, let's screw the school system. But that's not the case. I mean, look, uh, your kids are going to be – your kids are in the school system. You live in Frederick. You're a very active resident with the community. And I think we all just want to see a positive outcome that, um, that something unfortunate happened. But, you know, as a school system, this can be a teachable moment. And I think that some sort of resolution has to come about quickly because I can't imagine the negative PR that FCPS is on the receiving end of. I just can't imagine it. But they itself created, and that's important. They did this, not you. Um, so, Katie, final thoughts.
2: Well, you know, Ryan, I just do. I want people to know, and I've talked to a lot of teachers who, you know, have come to me anonymously, um, even today in church, you know, folks are coming up, and I want I want people to know that FDPS is much bigger than this incident and the few very, you know, individuals that made this happen, including myself. You know, this our system is made up of amazing students, and more importantly, I mean, I think, I just think the world of our teachers, and if they had any if there was any indication that you know any sort of backlash comes down on them, or that they, you know, are, are viewed in in any kind of negative light, I would not want that to happen. So, you know, please, if you're listening to this and you're you're interested in Frederick County, it's a great place to live, a great place to work, and you know our school system is amazing. We just have we have a little bit of a breakdown at the top, you know, and so and we we have the power to change all of that. So, so really, just um, so thank you to the teachers who are doing the work, you know, day by day in our classrooms because. They are the true heroes and they should get all this credit and all this attention. And I'm a little bit embarrassed about it, but that's okay. So we will, we will march on. And, and for my, for the students, just, you know, you can tweet at me and I'll reply back and, and just do your homework and, and go to school. So.
0: All right. Awesome. Hey, thanks Katie for, uh, thanks Katie for joining us and uh, telling us uh, your story. I would imagine that this is not going to be the first uh, interview or the last that you're going to be doing uh, about this subject. So, uh, Hey, thanks. Thanks very much for joining us
1: tonight.
2: Okay. Anytime.
1: Thanks, Katie. Bye-bye. Good night. Wow. Eric. So yeah, I, I always love Katie. She's so honest and she's refreshing and, you know, not to beat the dead horse here, but man, the school system really screwed up. And I, 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 they just violated every sort of managerial, responsibility in counseling her and and educating her along the way except they chose the cheap route eric and they dismissed her they terminated her and they said well this problem can just go away if we get rid of katie nash the person uh but eric they created a much bigger problem and they're going to have to answer for that and katie wouldn't say it but i think you and i can what what's next what can people actually do to stand up and make their make their um, displeasure known?
0: Well, so the, the, the first thing to consider is that, number one, we just had a board of education election. And, you know, here in Frederick County, we voted for three people who were essentially incumbents. They were people who decided they wanted yep. to maintain the status quo in education. All three of them that we just elected, went on the public record saying that they supported uh, uh, Terry Albin continuing as the superintendent at Frederick County public schools. And as you said, the buck stops there so between the data breach fiasco and now you know this the uh, the free Katie Nash fiasco you know this is this all this is all on the superintendent right here so I think the first thing that people need to remember is that the Board of Education race is actually important that just because it's at the bottom of your ballot doesn't mean that it's the least important it I mean they here in Frederick County the Board of Ed is going to be spending like 440 million dollars next year it's 51 percent of the county budget something like that so You know, we so people need to pay attention to the election, pay attention to the candidates. And until 2018, when the next election rolls around, what you can do between now and then is you can email the school board, you can go to the school board meetings, you do have the opportunity there for public comment. You know, so you can stand up and you can say, you know, this is stupid. I, you know, you guys messed up and make sure that they know about it. And then when the next election comes around, you can find a candidate that you like and you can knock on a door and help them get elected. I mean, it's, it's really that simple. I mean, so you and I both know this because we've helped, we've worked campaigns, yeah. we've had our own campaigns, we've helped campaigns, right. but, uh, you know, a lot of folks don't, don't know this. This is why the Board of Ed is important, and you shouldn't just check the first three names on the list. Like, yeah. This is, you know, and, you know, I, and I've, I've said it, I've said it a couple times over the last month, actually, you know, elections have consequences, and this is, this is just another example of, we just had an election, this is one of the consequences of that election.
1: Now, the school board cannot interfere with the the operational duties of the school system, and that is left exclusively to the superintendent. But, Eric, I'm not necessarily at this point concerned about the school board. Um, it seems like their interaction with Katie was minimal or limited. I mean, and then again, I, I don't know the, the, that extent. But Dr. Albin, I mean, this is cowardly. And if you're listening, Dr. Albin, uh, you're a coward. And and I hope people show up to your meeting with hundreds of people that line up outside of the door and speak to your school board and berate you in public for the asinine decision that you pulled in doing this. Not only to somebody who is more than worthy to be in the position, but – Somebody who gave it her all and had a passion for kids. I just, I just think it's ridiculous. Absolutely. I mean, Eric – like, She just told
0: us a story just, about how she got people to do their homework, for crying out loud. I mean, geez, like these days, that's, that
1: should be considered a
0: pretty serious accomplishment, you know? Um, so – But, I, uh, but uh,
1: yeah. yeah. I, you know, my – our kids won't go to Frederick County Public Schools, but even if we did and, – and listen, that's – Frederick has always been a destination that Kim and I have thought about moving to. But you know we're we're not going to send you know private school is probably not in the future. We're very blessed with having excellent public schools. But I'm just saying that if we ever relocate it to Frederick, and that's always we've always talked about it. Um, we you know Montgomery, Montgomery County is yeah it's high taxes and you know there's a lot of things that I disagree with down here. But we always love Frederick City. Uh, we always love the rural parts of. Frederick County, and it's it's closer to my family in Hagerstown. Um, nonetheless, this would give me pause to move back there, considering what they do with their school system. I mean, Eric, this is nonsense.
3: This is this yes. is
1: such PCB bullcrap. It's such it's such crap, man.
0: Yes, and and see, and this is but this is the. I mean, this is what we do with our kids. I mean, heck. The schools up here, you know, you have you have colleges that are closing down because Trump got elected. I mean, you have you have safe spaces with teddy bears at FCC just in case people have like hurt feelings. I mean, this is this is, is that the generation true? that, is that real at FCC. Yeah, they was, have safe space. Yeah, they, they had a safe space for two days after the presidential election with teddy bears and everything telling telling students, you know, hey, if you're sad, you know, feel free to come here and uh, let out your feelings and talk about it, and help you process the, the terrible things that happened.
1: I have an idea for all those people. Anybody who knows me, who follows my Facebook, who reads my writings, they can tell you I am no fan of Donald Trump. In fact, I get more crap from the right than anyone about my um, <laughs> aggressive countering of Trump and the daily weirdness that comes out of his Twitter account and all that encompasses Trump. And Friday will be a sad day for me because I believe that he's a danger to liberty. So all you snowflakes out there and whatever that girl from the blazes name is um, that I can't stand who just goes on these ridiculous rants. Anyway, this is my mini rant. If you want to really change the way government functions, if you want to have your safe space, then freaking go join the liberty movement like Eric and I have and advocate for issues that you think are most important. Like get involved with liberty issues because liberty issues are transcendental of political parties. So that's that's what I'll have to say about that. Taxation is found. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
0: I was going to say their response is going to be Ryan, but then who will build the roads because that's what they usually but say. My
1: road. My road there. Yeah, my
0: roads. None of them realize that with, in a libertarian society we'd have flying cars by now. So um, yeah, you know, it's their
1: loss. They'll figure it out one day. It, it is their loss. Um so, Eric, um, staying on the Frederick County kick, um, what's going on in Brunswick? <laughs> oh, my gosh, right? I can't so, – so, sometimes these
0: stories out of Brunswick, like, like – I, I, I'll be honest. I've been, I have not been able to just sit down and, and write the article to, to talk about it as a whole. Yeah. Okay, But, like, Frederick <laughs> County is just backwards sometimes, and especially here in Brunswick. I mean, basically, Brunswick's turned into, like, political amateur hour. Okay, like I've seen, I mean I've seen I I literally know 9-year-olds that are are that are more politically astute than uh, some some of the elected uh Brunswick City Council members. Um so the whole the the the, the 32nd background on this is that a uh, basically a private citizen decided to step in and organize a very large event to incre- to get people into downtown Brunswick. The uh the event's going to benefit our railroad museum out here and uh, Mm -hmm. the reason that this whole event was organized is because the government-sponsored and funded organizations have done an absolutely horrific job of actually helping out downtown brunswick Um, they they've been you know they've been doing this wine like wine and chocolate festival for like a couple of years now and it's sparsely attended most people i mean i always hear about it afterwards i always see the pictures posted three days after the event that it actually happened. And so they're terrible at marketing. They're tel- terrible at organizing. They're ter- terrible at getting people into downtown. So a private citizen, mm. Beth Johnson, uh, she owns a better, better Choice Bakery here in downtown Brunswick. Um, mm. She decided to just take it upon herself. Okay? In like, the, the, the ultimate libertarian move, she decided, well, the government's not doing it, so I'm going to do it. So she did some research. She found this national, um, a, a, basically a nationwide like, barbecue contest. And she went through all of the steps. It was like it was like the the it was like a five sheets long of all the steps you had to do to have this event. Um, and it's basically it's a it's a sanctioned event. So the winner of this barbecue contest gets a free ticket out to like uh, Tennessee somewhere to uh, compete mm. in the national tournament. You know, it's kind of like, it's like the same way they do rodeos. You know, you have to win a small rodeo barbecue. so you can go to the big rodeo. This is a barbecue event. Yeah, like I'm I mean heck I'm I'm gonna be there all day. I can tell you that for sure. Um, So she took it upon herself. And all she needed was for the city to just get out of the way. Like, essentially, all the city had to do was close down one street that nobody even drives on anyways. And then basically, you know, a few a a few cops on on duty. That's it. I think I think the number they came up with right now is like, basically, they need like three extra cops on duty plus, uh, you know, a few other like security volunteer types. Right. All the city had to do is get out of the way. Beth came to them in September and said, hey, I want to do this. When she came back in December, nobody had actually read anything that she had sent them. And so, they had, so basically they punted. They delayed voting on it. Um, then I found out, and this was, this was really weird. This is, this is where the political amateur stuff starts.
3: Mm-hmm. I
0: found out that council member Angel White was actually going around, um, according, to a, according to a source of mine, she was actually going around to sponsors telling them that there had been no permits applied for, no permits received. Essentially, she was trying to scare the sponsors into not supporting the event. And uh, so I wrote an article about it, obviously. I, I, I spent mm-hmm. an entire weekend basically trying to confirm what had happened here, trying to make sure that I had the story right. Because, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty big story. I mean, you know, council members sabotaging private event for whatever reason. So we fast forward to the council meeting. Apparently, uh, um, Angel White took some offense to uh, to what I had I had written. She uh, she claimed on the on the dais during the council meeting, uh, she decided to uh, use her power on the dais of the Brunswick City Council to uh, complain that I had personally attacked her and that what i had written was false. And so. You know, I I, ha- I like I said, I, I just I need to pull the video and I'll do the nice little article so everybody can go and yeah, see it. Right. Uh, it's a, it's pretty entertaining. Um I the 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 people that were sitting next to me, um, you know, they they were worried about my safety um <laughs> for a moment. But I told them, I was like, You do realize like I've had drill sergeants that are a lot meaner than this person could ever be. Mm-hmm. Um so then they they accepted that. But uh, I, I ended up ta- talking to her after the meeting. Essentially, she claims – let me just put it this way, Ryan. I heard from a very reliable source that I have absolutely zero reason to mistrust in any way, shape, or form. This source had nothing to gain or lose from this article. They were a disinterested third party Okay, because I knew this barbecue event was going to happen one way or another. Whether it happened in Brunswick or it happened in Frederick, it was going to happen. So this sponsor was going to be there. The event was going to be publicized. So either way, they had nothing to gain or lose from this. Councilmember White, on the other hand, does have something to lose for it because she ran as the, you know, the so-called pro-business. Um, she ran on the Huff slate, as you as yeah. you as you expect. Um, and uh, so, basically, you know, she claimed, well, I didn't. Basically, her claim was I didn't say that. And I'm sitting hmm. here. I'm like, no, this is exactly what my source said. And I'm going to stick by it. Um, and so then she tried demanding an apology out of me or something like that. And so basically my response was, um, you know, yeah, sure, I'll apologize right after you apologize for using the power of government to try to bully and intimidate me. Um, and uh, I, I basically told her I was going to make her another hashtag Curvy to um, if she decided to continue with this whole thing. Uh, so I gave her, you know, hey, I gave her a week. She's had a week to apologize, hasn't, hasn't said anything. So then the next day comes, okay? Um, mm mm-hmm. Another council member, another Huff-funded, Huff-sponsored candidate, uh, Vaughn Ripley, uh, decided to throw a tantrum on Facebook uh, because there's a there's a Facebook group that I have for people in Brunswick that uh, essentially it's the it's the it's the um, it's a it's a Facebook group for the Frednecks. It's not for the enlightened urbanites of Frederick County um, <laughs> because we even have enlightened urbanites in Brunswick. It's actually pretty scary. Um, but uh, so he Vaughn decides to throw a little tantrum.
1: Um, I saw that
0: Basic, Yeah. I mean, and it's like he decided he complained that his wife got kicked out of the group and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, she got kicked out of the group because she literally just came in there. She decided to personally insult me and then she blocked me. And, you know, as with most Facebook groups, like, you know, they have rules. You don't you can't block the admin. Then, you know, if you block the admin, then you're gone. So, you know, cry right. me a river. So instead of right. dealing with all of the issues that you know, the council the, said that they were going to run on, because you remember, the election was in August. It's not like it's been that far that long ago. Yeah. You know, it's been six months, and literally the council has done nothing except the same thing that council did in the previous two years, which is basically dilly-dally. The only, council, the only newly elected council member that's actually done anything is Tom Smith. Um, he's been yeah, working like, with the finance committee. Yeah, he, he's been working on the infrastructure plan. That we haven 't had for some basically ever since Karen Tome was elected mayor we haven 't actually had an infrastructure plan, so you know out of all the members he's the only one that 's actually sticking by what he said. Um, you know the rest of them basically they 're just kind of twiddling their thumbs up there, so you know they let 's just say they're they're not this is this is the way that a very a very close friend of mine put it i 'm not going to even say who they are um, because mm-hmm. that would be
1: uh essentially the runway has
0: been so. Yeah, I don't I don't want to give them away because this is a very I, I like this person. Brunswick has been so used to over the last fifty years not having any sort of reporting. There's the Frederick News Post doesn't cover the city. Um, the Brunswick citizen doesn't cover any of the actual issues. Um, you know, they, they have an obvious bias, and that's why half the city doesn't even subscribe to the newspaper, to, you know, to the local newspaper. Um, Brunswick City Council is not used to actually having to, you know, perform. They're not used to having mm-hmm. somebody being critical of their actions. They're used to it being the, you know, they're used to doing exactly what Angel White did. You said something that I didn't like. She, you know, she's claimed that me calling her a saboteur was a personal insult. Okay. Hmm. They're used to being able to get away with that. They're used to just being able to to cry Oh well you made fun of me. You hurt my feelings. You know. Same thing we're talking about with the FCPS stuff. You know, you hurt my feelings, so therefore the fact that you found something that I did wrong doesn't matter.
1: Yeah. Well you know. Good 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 information and I know that we're gonna stay on the Brunswick Beat. In fact, we should start a newspaper called The Brunswick Beat. Um, that would be funny. <laughs> and <laughs> you and I would write about it at Brunswick and then uh we can include um, maybe a little bit more territory. But uh Eric, <laughs> last week you and I talked about covering more Western Maryland news. Garrett, mm-hmm. Allegheny County, and I'm working towards that. I'm putting some things in motion and you know, developing sources as we go along. And it and it shouldn't take too much longer until we start getting an influx of Western Maryland news and develop our base of support up that way. Anyway, I had an interesting story come come about on Friday night. Um, I was uh, was coming home from a good friend's house, and we had scotch and cigars that night. And uh, 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 and I I, yeah right. And I was reading a post by uh, Republican delegate Wendell Beitzel, who is who represents Garrett County, um, most of most of or all of Garrett County, and. Wendell is a good Republican. He's a nice guy. Um, however, he made this really ridiculous statement that there is a medicinal marijuana dispensary that is looking to locate to his hometown um, of – it's called Accident, Maryland. And up there, you know, there's not a whole lot in Accident, Maryland, um, except uh, this small little diner that is very famous in Maryland. It's called Annie's Kitchen, and they have home-cooked meals and – Each time Kim and I visit Garrett County um, and stay at Deep Creek Link, we always like to visit um, Annie's Kitchen uh, for breakfast. But anyway, Wendell went on this screed about not wanting to put a marijuana dispensary in his district and how bad it would be, but it's not necessarily he's opposed to it, but – and but he doesn't want it in his backyard, so it was like the worst case of yeah. not in my backyard syndrome, NIMBY syndrome that I've ever seen in my life. And people were ripping him on his Facebook um, from Republicans and saying, you know, this would bring jobs to locally here, and that you know it's not your job to make to be the moral arbiter of determining medicinal marijuana and. Eric, as we all know, science continues every day to prove the medicinal benefits of medical marijuana. Now, if I had my ultimate end goal, uh, I think we should legalize marijuana. Uh, You could make a case for taxing it and regulating it, but as as much as you and I hate government regulation, um, but (laughs) there is a case to be made for legalization state by state, and that's that's happening, mm-hmm. and I I predict Maryland would be next on that block. And you're going to have, I think you're going to have some serious social conservatives, people like Neil Parrott and Wendell Beitzel and others that are going to come out and throw every fallacious argument against legalizing marijuana. That it's a gateway drug. That um you know you roll a joint and the next thing you know you're going to be doing a line of cocaine every night. Uh, yeah, because those you know, go together those, somehow. Because they're synonymous, right? Um, yeah. I mean, not that I am a drug connoisseur or expert, but it's a totally different chemical compound that in makeup, um, and they do two totally different things. Anyway, I I, I recognize that, and I, I he has since deleted the post because there was so much negative reaction to his NIMBY syndrome on his post. He he deleted it. I can't find it anywhere because you know when I see that especially from a republican you know try to impose their their moral will on their district that's not what they're elected to do no i mean i, I understand that there's the values that they, they were, people you know we're a republic so we elect people um you know the people directly elect our representatives to rec- to represent their the will of the people i get that but marijuana dispensary in your district when it can bring new jobs and it's used for exclusively for medicinal purposes. Eric, what's the harm in that?
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, isn't it, a, isn't it in Washington County? I can't I
1: cannot remember the name of the
0: city. Uh, Hancock. Isn't Han- mm-hmm. the Hancock government actually leasing a, an old city-owned warehouse to a marijuana right. grower?
1: That's correct. So Washington County has been the benefactor of several medicinal licenses. Yeah, and the city has this
0: abandoned property, okay? <laughs> they have nothing. Nobody wants to buy it, so then now they're renting it out to, this, to a marijuana grower, okay? Like, and so now the city of Hancock is going to get, I think if I remember right there, it's somewhere between 10 or 15 jobs, which in a town of 1,000 people is actually a, a huge chunk. Of, that's, a good, <laughs> that's a good year when you can hire 15 new people okay um mm-hmm. and they're gonna and the city's gonna be making money off of the lease, I mean, and so it's like it's 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 always funny how different Republican areas treat this sort of stuff you know like there's the uh there's the um Texas state senator, I believe that's a Republican that went on the screen about how like marijuana was created by God, so therefore he God meant for us to use it, and uh, so we should yeah. legalize it okay like it's just weird seeing, I agree like, with these that. issues you know it's yeah I, i'm I'm with them on that one. You know, but like, I mean, so it's, it's kind of funny, you know, if you know, I keep taking the, the of, I'm of the opinion because Frederick County actually doesn't have a zoning law for the uh, uh, attempted uh, growing areas. Um, Frederick County basically regulated the marijuana industry out of the county uh, from the county council. And so, you know, I honestly look if Washington County's smart enough to capitalize on it, then, you know, sucks, sucks to be Frederick County, sucks to be Garrett County. I mean that's still there's, again out. elections have consequences
1: you know they throw about they throw out people who are opposed to marijuana legalization. I understand that, okay, and there is the case to be made that it's still illegal under federal law, and it's just whether you know will when i I suspect Jeff Sessions will be confirmed as general, i sus and it, you know it's all how they base their federal policy now. Jeff Sessions has not been a friend to marijuana legalization. In fact, he's made very disparaging comments about legalization, and you know he couldn't believe people who use marijuana and all this stuff. And anybody that you know the, that mindset, the mentality of people, the people who fall under that purview, believe that anybody who advocates for the legalization of marijuana, they also must be potheads, stoners, and bad people, whatever. They want to label them as, but that's not true, Eric. You and I approach this from a liberty perspective. Um, you know, I, I'm not advocating for the across-the-board universal um, d- drug legalization, but I am saying that when – let's take this piecemeal here, that if you look at the effects of marijuana, um, they're, they're, you know, when you're licensing out medicinal facilities, there's obviously a benefit. And so you're going to well, get these see, it, arguments it, that it's a, ga- it's a gateway drug, that it's m- morally unacceptable, it sends a bad message to kids, that uh, you know, how, how, how terrible it is. But the same arguments were made with alcohol as well.
0: Yeah, and alcohol kills 88,000 people a year, okay? Yeah. Like, in either from you know, basically uh, alcohol addiction or drunk driving. Mm-hmm. Or accidents while drunk. Okay, there is there. I mean, that's eighty-eight thousand people a year. Okay, that's a lot that is people. enormous. That's a ton of people. Okay, even if you even if you took every single you know basically illegal drug death, it's still not even going to come close. Smoking yeah. kills. You know, you're talking you know half a million people right there a year because of lung cancer and other side effects of of, of cigarettes and. So you know when when we're talking about like legal versus illegal drugs, there is something that need that the, the the mention of scope needs to be mentioned here, okay? Because you know marijuana, like you know, I've seen some memes like you know it's like um if you if you get drunk and do something stupid, you know it's and there's a picture of a car, and then if you get drunk and do something stupid, it's a picture of a Taco Bell drive-through, okay? Or sorry, <laughs> if you get stoned, and so like you know there there's you know it, it's just this left you know like like heck if you if If you want to make marijuana illegal because it's considered a gateway drug and it can kill you, then why do we allow cigarettes and alcohol? And the reality is, is because people want to have the ability to drink and smoke what they want. And they're going to do Mm -hmm. that one way or another. And so, you know, I'd rather save all that money, you know, like, and, you know, you want to, if you want to stop overdoses of all of these various sorts of drugs, whatever they may be, well, people overdose because you can't test the strength of the drug okay? That's, you yeah. know, heroin can be, if you think about it, opioid-based pain relievers can be applied in a clinical environment, and there's minimal risk of overdose. People die from heroin you know, in overdose on the streets because they don't know how strong it is. So, you know, there's an argument to be made, in my opinion, that honestly legalizing and regulating would save more lives than making it illegal and using SWAT teams.
1: I've I've watched so many videos of how marijuana has treated folks with extreme Parkinson's, uh, extreme Parkinson's disease, glaucoma, anxiety, arthritis. It's helpful for you know, this This show, Erica Minor Details, online radio show is very um, deferential to um, veterans and supporting our nation's veterans, you being one as well, and um, PTSD. And we know that marijuana... Um, is a viable option to treat PTSD, and it actually works. I mean, there's been so many proven tests. Um, you know, it helps people with their metabolism for nausea. I mean, there's so many for constant headaches. It can here's, treat certain uh, here's, STDs. <laughs> here's what it
0: comes down to, Ryan. Which is worse, smoking marijuana or shooting yourself in the head? Okay, That's, uh, how, that's, I that's mean, where it comes down to the veterans, okay? Like, I mean people I, who I listen – that,
1: that. <laughs> that, that may sound extreme, but Eric is exactly right. I mean what's worse? Exactly – you, you, you have broken it down to a very simplistic terms. But anyway, I just thought that as a Republican legislator, I think we have to start – maybe it's our job, Eric, folks like us who care about these types of issues is to be – to educate and to lobby and to meet with these folks and to write the articles, um, to produce the evidence and beg them to read it and look at it and use this at their disposal when they're making decisions. So, um, you know, maybe we we need to
0: send Don Murphy out to Garrett County to uh, help educate the uh, delegation out that way.
1: Don Murphy's mad at me right now, but I, I still love the guy. Um, Anyway, He knows everything there is so, to know about
0: marijuana policy. So
1: Don Murphy is an excellent, excellent source for marijuana policy. He's mad at me right now. Um, I, I still love the guy, and I'm sure that we'll, uh, eventually we'll get over our little tiff. But anyway, there's about 60 seconds left in our show, because Eric, Eric and I try not to go too overboard, because I know everybody's watching the Steelers win at this time. Um, so that pretty much wraps up. Our portion. We had a lot of fun talking to Katie Nash. I'm sure there's going to be more on um, what happens there. Eric and I are going to probably write about Katie Nash, although what's really left to write about that the other sources haven't already covered. I mean, this is national news, and we'll continue to bring Western Maryland international. news, international, yeah, international mm-hmm. news. So, Eric, next week we're going to try to have um, a delegate on the. I'm not sure which, sure which delegate, but to come on and talk about Annapolis session. So. We'll get that into the works, and uh, any final thoughts?
0: Um, Legalize marijuana. I don't know. Whatever. That? <laughs> we'll see you guys next week.
1: <laughs> All right. Everybody, have a great night. Enjoy your week, and uh, we'll have a new president by next week. So we'll talk to you then. Bye-bye.